A year, a year, a ride. You ever hate your job? A year, a year, a ride. Vibe with me. A year, a year, a ride. Yeah, a year, a year. Quit. Thinking to myself that the job is real shitty. You ever hate your job? So rock with with me. Bills are super high and money is crazy. This stupid supervisor is nothing but lazy. I pull up to the job and I hate this place. Looking at my manager face to face. They always working hard like like it's a race. Let me call out before I catch a case. They always giving me more work to do. I'm looking like who the fuck fuck is you? I'm tired, stressed, and living worse too. The manager is stupid and doesn't have a clue. I came in when I should have called out. This job is real shitty, and without a doubt, I can make more money selling drugs and rapping. I'ma quit this job and just start trapping. This job is lame and not the assignment. Man, fuck this shit. I'm going back to rhyme. So I'm thinking to myself. That this job is real shitty. You ever hate your job? So rock with with me, yeah. Put your hands up if you hate your job. We go into the streets and we start to ride. We got loans and bills and shit. Walk the fuck out. It's time to quit. Working this walk and you never get rich. Times is hard and life's a bitch. This job is the worst and it makes me sick. The manager is lame and I'm out. This bitch, yeah. Put your hands up if you hate your job. We going to the streets and we start to ride. We got loans and bills and shit. Walk the fuck out, it's time to quit. Working is why and you never get rich. Times is hard and life's a bitch. This job is the worst and it makes me sick. The manager is lame and I'm out this bitch. Yeah, rent is due and I got a way to wait. Scrub these floors on my hands and knees The same old shit every day and repeat Skimming and trapping is the way to be I'ma need more money and that's non-stop Bing bong and that's the clock I'm at my job getting out is the plot Man, fuck this shit, let the beat drop So I'm thinking to myself that the job is real shitty You ever hate your job, so rock with with me Put your hands up if you hate your job We going to the streets and we start to ride We got loans and bills and shit Walk the fuck out, it's time to quit Working this walk and you never get rich Times is hard and life's a bitch This job is the worst and it makes me sick The manager is lame and I'm out this bitch Put your hands up if you hate your job We going to the streets and we start to rock We got loans and bills and shit Walk the fuck out, it's time to quit Working is why and you never get rich Times is hard and life's a bitch This job is the worst and it makes me sick The manager is lame and I'm out this bitch Yeah. Alright everybody, Downright Sports and this is an awesome episode. I'm excited. It's our Christmas episode, our NBA Christmas episode. Let me be very, very clear here. And uh, somebody who I've been hoping and dying comes on the show. This man is busy. He's everywhere. He's a, he's the, he's a globe traveler. 
He's entertaining the masses. He sat down with AOC once. He sat down with uh, Heather Hunter. He sat down with one of my role models, doc, the Dr. Dre, from not uh, the NWA Dr. Dre, Ed Lover in Dr. Dre. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, one of the, ho the hosts of the 950 Lounge, Kevin Pryor. Kevin, thank you for joining the show. Brett, man, I appreciate your time, man. Happy holidays to you and your family. It's always a pleasure to chop it up with you, my brother. I appreciate it. Happy holidays to you. Yes, it's the Christmas show because Christmas is the title for everything. But it's the holidays. I celebrate all holidays, especially if I get... i give you the image here. You see, I, I made sure that, you know, I got the memo and... Trying to give you the nice image of the holidays. Police Navidad. <laughs> it is better than mine. I just got a Marvel poster in the background because it's the way I can position everything. All good. Uh, Kevin, if you wouldn't mind, to my audience, all of four people, could you introduce yourself? Um, tell the world. Um, I'll, give, I'll give you a small introduction. You've been doing the nine, uh, 950 Lounge for about six years, right? Uh, you and your brother, uh, you guys do the show together. Your brother Charles? Yeah, a.k.a. Rodeo, yeah. Okay, I need to know that why that's his name. But um, go ahead, uh, introduce uh, yourself to my audience of four, and, uh, you know. Sure, no doubt, man. My name is Kevin Pride, a.k.a. 950 Kev, a.k.a. LeBron James, the radio game. Uh, so many names, so little time, but we've been doing a show, like you said, Brand, for about six years, 950 Lounge, and it definitely was not something I wanted to do. Um, my background is media, and I've been in the advertising game for many years, and was doing radio, and did not have any, did not want to be involved with it from that end. I was on the marketing end, advertising end. My brother, who's a comic, a.k.a. Rodeo Charles, you government name, <laughs> he came to me and was like, look, man, I, I'm trying to boost my comedy stuff and get more gigs. And like I said, listen, why don't you do a, a podcast or a show? Unbeknownst to me, that would be involved with it at that time. Um, so I said, listen, I'll help you start it up. i help you get a host and we'll do it. And one night I was sitting with uh, Charles and a, a friend of mine who I, I at the time thought was going to take over and host the show. And you know how black comics can be. They can be loud and condescending <laughs> and all type of stuff and it just didn't work out. So I said, listen, I'll do the show with you. And then little by little, as I started doing the show and getting involved, I was like, you know, so I'm having a good time. Um, so one day I came to him on the side. I was like, look, man, we, we had another partner at the time that just wasn't really working out. And it was just almost like we was in a barbershop, just, just <laughs> jokes. It was no structure. And I said, look, you know, um, if, if we're going to continue to do this, I, I want to do this, you got to let me take over. I, I can be kind of possessive when I admit that. He said, I've been waiting for you to say that. So then what I did was I got a, another colleague of mine, a.k.a. Backstage Ed, who I've known for many years, played football with, and he's a, a techie. That's the one thing I didn't have. He's a techie. I need a techie. Then I got another friend of mine who's always out running the streets, just a classic man. Like, look, I need a guy that thinks he's, you know, a.k.a. fake Romeo. I, I need that. Casanova. Then, uh, we, we brought another young lady in that I was friends with that was – you know, doing her thing, and then it was so much synergy because it was my brother, um, friends, guys, and colleagues I've knew for a while, and, and obviously we just started to grow and develop and start to grow the show to new heights, taking it just from being an internet show to, you know, multiple networks and streaming platforms, and obviously growing the brand. And 2018, you just mentioned in your opening, um, we had a little-known politician named Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez come on the show. Nobody knew who she was. 
at that time I can call her directly. I can't have that luxury no more. Um, but uh, you know, she came on and brought some cameras and didn't think much of it. Six, seven months later, she was in her election. She won her election. That video became a documentary called Knock Down the House that got played on Netflix and really took us to whole new heights. And it wasn't like we were a political show because we weren't. You know, obviously, we're brothers and people that were conscious of what was going on, but it certainly was not a political show. Certainly, you would not you know, um, uh, disguise me as um, Van Jones or Wolf Blitz. <laughs> but it, it's taken off to that fact that we've had you know, other politicians on. Um, we've had celebrities, Heather Hunter um, has been on the show. Uh, uh, we've had Michael Bivens. We, we've had, uh, you know, um, uh, Stokely Williams from Mint Condition and then you know, uh, Lilo Bencato from Bronx Tale. And we've just grown the show to, to greater heights. And um, now as we enter into 2022, we're launching this new streaming TV network, which I definitely want you a part of, which I think I've told you several times. Um, and that's going to help us not just grow, grow 950, but grow... I think, think the, the audience of 950, that 27 to 54 professional that's still looking, that still maybe has a little swag left them on the weekends, but wears a suit and tie on weekdays and um, still wants to talk about sports, entertainment, and politics, and with all the media out here where you can go to different things in different places to, to get your content, to be able to go somewhere where it's not, it's not just us acting crazy, it's not just us acting, you know, um, stereotypical it's quality content that you know touches all your parts your soul whether that's uh entertainment sports media sitcoms movies you name it music we'll have it all on our new platform that's it's that's amazing it's it's inspiring listening to you talk about that because we haven't well i haven't reached the heights that you have yet but downright sports was created because me and dj chase who's my cousin was sitting in his apartment, his old apartment. We were like eleven and ten. He had a gateway computer, and he's like, "Bro, you talk too much. I'm gonna turn this computer on. We're gonna record and pretend to make shows." And then 2009 comes along, and he's like, "I figured out a way we could do internet radio. Put the show on there. We did a. We joined some terrible guy. He was trying to build something. And he had the right idea. He just had the very like Suge Knight approach about him. We we we've all had the." <laughs> Like, in the middle of one of my shows one day, he called a meeting. Like, I took a commercial break and never came back. Like, literally. And it was like, this, I was like, this is insane. He just, he had the slick back and he was like, we're doing things. We're going to do things. And I was just like, I'm out of here. I'm going home. Enough's enough with this, man. But, on the video. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely was. But it is awesome to hear you uh, just... Say literally, like I had no interest in doing this, and like no. you're the front man. But I think that's what makes it cool because, like, you weren't looking for it, and it came looking no. for you. Exactly, it was not my my path. Obviously, years ago when I was younger, you know, I did radio in college, and and, and I had that backdrop from I was you know to play sports, to play football, and I always wanted to do media on the side. But once I got into my professional life. You know, I was like, all right, well, I'm, I'm actually in it. I'm actually in radio. I'm in advertising. Um, you know, I, I, I sold advertising for the NFL, Syracuse Sports, Army Football. Um, you know, so I was in it. I just didn't feel like at that time when my brother came to me that, you know, terrestrial radio was kind of kind of going on the, the teeter-totter, you know. Yeah. I mean, what we're doing is kind of new wave media where, like, um, it's podcasting and streaming media and 
you know, streaming TV, cord cutters, and now the thing. And, you know, now we're coming, you know, still being in COVID, but coming out of those malaise of COVID, you're talking about now agencies and advertisers are looking to invest in brands like we have. So it's a whole new world. But when we first started out, we were using a thing called Radio Loyalty. I don't know if you ever used, heard of that. Mm-hmm. It was like a, a circuit that gave you like 250, you know, listeners if you was lucky. <laughs> um, and again, so it's and it's not that long ago. So I mean, technology has really flew. It's really grown over the last couple of years, and to be able to do what you know we're doing. And Brett, you got a great show. Don't don't please don't underestimate yourself. <laughs> I, I listen to you, brother. Like I said, you know, and obviously we. We're label mates on a, on a network that we partner with, and um, you got something that's special. And again, like I said, man, it's it's what it's all about now because we're able to take our voices and bring them to the masses where 10, 15 years ago that was impossible. Now, I think, and maybe to start, I've been out of school for a long time, but it something I think younger, especially young black kids, could start exploring because they don't know like oh you don't have to like you said go into terrestrial radio you don't have to try to go to broadway like you can start your own build your own the advertisement is there they're thirsty they want original content they're more reboots in the world and people like yourself and others are building and it's it's different uh dame dash who i look at his instagram all the time he did kind of the same thing. He's like, look, I'm just going to create my own thing. I'll own it all. I don't need anybody. And it, it, it is something to that. And I think that's what the miss is all the time. And um, it's just, it, it, it's so awesome, especially when you see something. And I'm not like, you know, I'm, my, I, I'm a, you know, I listen to Public Enemy every day. But I don't play <laughs> it around. It's like, it's awesome you see like, you know, a, a black people building, creating a community, creating um, entertainment. And like you said, it's not the typical thing everybody's looking for. It's different. You get a little variety. So I think that's some... independent. I mean, we're in, like I said, you mentioned Dame Dash is somebody who I, I followed for many years just because, again, he was on the cutting edge of just being independent doing things different, you know, saying that, you know, the people coming out, they laughed at him, like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to be my own boss, getting mm-hmm. laughing at him on that, but again, that's part of the growth, and the things we're doing, because again, you can take, you know, how we're talking right now in two different states, take that, throw some algorithm and SEO behind it, promote that, get it out to the masses, and have it grow, I mean, it's, it's, it's people I know right now, JR Sports Brief, Started on YouTube, but now works with NBA TV. I'm a brother named CP that um, did Nick's does Nick's fans TV. Just thought I just taking his, his cell phone to the draft one night, and now he's got over 50,000 followers and is doing talk radio in New York. So the growth is so much there, man. And like, again, this is the golden age. They'll look back in 20, 30 years from now, maybe will be old and gray or not even here anymore and they'll say wow you know this 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 generation was able to take you know their own voices their own thoughts and bring it out to the masses mm-hmm. and if anybody taught us that it was in the previous presidential um uh, uh, group that you know pretty much used twitter to swagger jack the whole election well so, the orange man the orange man as my girl is, calls exactly, him yeah. She calls him something else, but I won't say on my show. I keep my show PG. Show. Yeah, yeah, I tried to, but yeah, he 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 definitely did something where I sit back and I'm like, 
how can I manipulate this? But I wouldn't live with myself if I did that. You know what I'm saying? Now, when the paper rolling, I may shut up and just, you know, eat my guilt with my filet mignon. If you know what I'm saying? <laughs> as, as your show grows and your network grows, I'm curious, because it's completely different than the question I think I was going to ask you next. And you've had so many, like, polarizing people. And I think it's... It speaks to like, yo, you had AOC before she came AOC. Like, yo, my face is everywhere. Is there anybody, is anybody on your wish list you want next to you next? Like, who, like, I know my wish list is not what people think. Like, I don't want to interview Derek Jeter. I would look like the people I want to interview, like, I will, I want to sit down with like, um, T.O. is who I want to sit down with or, uh, uh, crap. You put me. I put myself on the spot now. I can't remember. But like, I don't want the. I want guys who can tell a story, who came from something, can give back a little bit. That like, that's what like. I would like to. I would love maybe two hours to talk to Dusty Baker. You know what I mean? Like Dusty, like or or a guy who a black manager who for some reason can't get a job for more than two years takes teams to World Series. Like that's who I want to sit down with. Is there right. someone? You're like, I gotta talk to this person. Well, you know, Brett, with me, I mean, more than the entertainment or the the visual or the, or the person I'm talking to, I love a great story. You know, like one of the best interviews I did was with Lilo Mercado from Bronx Tale. And it wasn't because he was from Bronx Tale, it was just because of his, his start, his fall from grace and his resurrection. So, like, if I had to pick somebody, it's people that I look at that maybe the masses necessarily would not say, well, huh, what's up to him or her? But they have a great story. One of those people is Carl Lewis. Um, it's somebody that, you know, just from a standpoint of, you know, being one of the greatest and, and then having, you know, his personal life kind of vilified, which is nobody's business but his own. And then how he's now somebody from 60, I think he's 60, 61. I think so, yeah. Who's now found himself in a place where he's comfortable with who he is in his own skin. Another person who I'm hoping to get um, would love to interview is Morris Day. Of the time? Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, obviously a guy that wrote with Prince, but people who know the story, and, and again, I'm, I'm somebody, you know, certain age that listen to the time and still do, you know, with the Prince situation and how that all worked out and, how working with a genius like Prince, not saying it's, it's, it's a great thing, but also could be kind of rough, you know, and how you balance your lives. So, you know, with me, it's and it's always been this way with 950, is the story. Because I think, again, it doesn't really matter about the individual. It's about telling that great story. Because, it, again, as an interviewer, and somebody, it's something I take pride in, is really being able to take somebody, a piece of clay, and make it into a... A whole Gumby dog. And you know, <laughs> now you say, you know what? Wow, I didn't know that about that person. Like we had AOC on, and obviously it was very early in her career. We we talked about things that she nobody has reached out and talked about. You know, we've had also other pops just like Jamal Bowman on the show, and you know he's come on many times, and it's like, yo, you know, you guys are unique and different. Um, I take pride in that because I believe believe that. And, you can hook me up to a 10 lie detector test, and I, I'll say, hey, listen, I, I feel I can compete with anybody. And it's not to knock anybody, it's just the confidence I have in myself as an interviewer. And, and again, I, we call ourselves the best team in radio, self-proclaimed best team in radio. And it's not because we, you know, we ask the greatest questions, it's because we have the best chemistry. And in this day and age of media and new age entertainment, it's about chemistry. Mm -hmm. Everybody's talking. It, 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 is, it is. Everybody has a conversation and has an opinion. 
than 10,000 other programs. What are you trying to bring? All I can bring is Kevin Pryor. All I can bring is 950 Kevin. Because that's there's only one me. Right. And I talk to my team all the time. Just be yourself. You know, if if it has to be a situation where you kind of divulge information, maybe you didn't want to talk about, that's okay. Because we're all human. We're all people at the end of the day. And while, you know, it, it could be embarrassing to you and your significant others, from a, a conversational standpoint, people would appreciate that because a lot of folks in this day and age are trying to be something they're not. If you, we, we social media, we, we talk on Instagram. Everybody's making $2 million and has a palatial <laughs> thing. Um, <laughs> you know, and that's not reality. No. Nope. When you bring reality to the table, people appreciate that and they become more interested in what you're putting out to the public. Chase says it all. Chase, we talk every day, and what makes me laugh is he always posts this picture of him getting on the airplane. He ain't been on that plane in three years. Nobody knows that. And he texts me. He's like, you know, many people was like, yo, where you going? And I'm just like, I just thought we just start laughing because it is true. Lives are lived on this, you know, pretend thing. You know, it's it's so it's so strange. For me. It took me, so I've been doing the show, I did the YouTube show for a minute, but probably you could total up about 12 years, and it took me a while to kind of find my voice, because I was like, ooh, I just want to be Mr. Facts, no opinion, and then I think, I, I, I said I could back my opinion with facts, but I wasn't being myself, just trying to, you know, trying to not to ruffle feathers, and I still try not to, but when you hit on the fact, like, look, I, I got trust in myself. It's something I was like, yeah, I got to do the same. That's why I think I was like, yo, I'm the notorious sports critic. Because I don't think nobody's ever used that title, sports critic. Right. And that's pretty much what I do is criticize what I see. Did it take you, for somebody who was in marketing, were you just like born with, yo, I'm just 100% the most confident cat in the world? Or were you just like, I got to work at this. Let me feel it out. And then one day, like an acorn hitting you in the head, you just like, oh yeah, yeah, this me, this this who I am. Was <laughs> did it just happen or? Far from it, far from it, <laughs> I mean, um, you know, growing up, and I'm from the Bronx, New York. Growing up, um, I was kind of a shy, reclusive individual. I had to come out of my cocoon. Sports helped me do that, you know, because I wasn't. You know, I wasn't the type of guy that, 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 you know, people could see that to me today. They go, wow, this guy always probably had this kind of confidence and swag. And that was that was far from the case. But sports helped me balance that, where I was good at football, and, you know, you know, decent in sports. It helped open my confidence. And as I got older, it became a situation where I felt like, you know what, if I can't, if I can't play this, I was realistic. I wasn't the biggest kid, you know, uh, or the fastest. But I was like, if I can't play this, I would love to talk about it. Um, then as I got into you know, college and professional life, um, that early on wasn't the case. Um, but then <clears throat> I did some acting, you know, did some commercials. I actually did a commercial with the great Shannon Shaw <laughs> and Jason Seahorn many years ago. Um, it's probably still on, on YouTube somewhere. It was a Charles Schwab commercial with Jason Seahorn and Shannon Sharp. It was the year Seahorn came back from his knee surgery and Shannon Sharp had just won his first Super Bowl with the Broncos. Right. And then we did something at the Yale and it was really fun and, and Shannon Seahorn I won't talk about, but <laughs> Shannon was really cool. I mean downright just what you see on TV. He hung out with us, ate lunch with us. And so 
you know, those type of things help build, I think, as I, I look back now, who I am today, this, this you know, this character I, I, I play on the show. But certainly it was nothing that was, you know, natural. I think I grew into it. But then once I grew into that confidence and that swag, it was, you know, all, 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 was, all was gone. It was ready to go. I was ready to, like, you know, bust through the gates. You couldn't tell me nothing. <laughs> and I think, obviously, you know, as I got older and into my 20s, I was like, look, you know, um, I don't care what you believe. I believe, and that's all that matters. And I've kept that. And, again, people could see that to be, you know, arrogance or conceit. I just call it confidence because arrogance and conceit is putting somebody else down. I don't put anybody else down. I try to actually lift everybody up. Because I believe believe that the more the more of us that are here doing these type of things, the better we are. Like you know how we met, and and now we we're chopping up and talking on your show, and um, maybe talking about a business opportunity. So I think again, it's about us growing as 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 a people. And I think again, sometimes within our communities, we re- we kind of look at each other, and, and unfortunately, some feel like, well, if if Brett makes it, then that's going to take my spot. Yeah. If Brett makes it, that just gives somebody whether that's you know Brett personally or not gives them the motivation and and the fuel to say you know what I can do that too. It's not to say well, well Brett does it. And, uh, Brett don't know what he's talking about. Kevin know what he's talking about. No, Kevin knows what he's talking about. I can do what Kev does, and yes, you can. You know, so you know we try to make things seamless and, and look like there's no work involved, but it's 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 a lot of sleepless nights where I'm up you know middle of the night and. You know, and, and I've changed my lifestyle a little bit from I run every day and I try to do that to keep my mind and body in tune and I got a day job and trying to work other things. But, you know, again, it's a, this is a labor of love. I love what I'm doing. If, you know, people tell me all the time, well, you must be making a million dollars. There's no far from it. You're making a million cents. <laughs> but, but again, it's a passion. And if you love what you do, the money will come. It was I, when I got with my girl Allie about three years ago. It was like, yo, I do a podcast, and I was like, ah, she going to leave me, and she's like, nah, that's also, and she has, she cared less about sports. Like, right. she'll sit down, she'd be like, are you watching basket football? I'm like, you're funny, and then somebody had hit somebody. She's like, yeah, fight. And I'm like, calm down, calm down. But she, I used to record out of her old apartment when we first got together, and. I used to kind of like, hey, this Brent Reed don't worry sports. And she's like, why are you whispering? I'm like, I don't want to disturb your neighbors. And then she was like, listen, you talk like you're talking to me. And this little, you know, this girl from this country town is telling this kid from the Bronx, like, no, 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 no. Project your voice. Don't worry about what nobody's saying. Somebody got a problem. They come holler at me. And I'm like, all right, mama. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She supports my habit. I'm good with that. You know what I'm saying? I don't go out here and do drugs. I don't cheat. I come home and eat because she makes her this food. She fed me one day. That was enough for me. Oh, never leaving. (laughs) Before before uh, we wrap up segment one, and yes, we're coming back in segment two. More Kevin, but this time it's all basketball. Um, What position you played in football? I was a strong safety. When you know, when a time when you can, you know, using your head was encouraged. <laughs> um, and, and thank God I didn't listen to that because I always felt like, you know what, I'm gonna leave with my shoulder pass because I know a couple times, and then one time I had got a concussion, and I, you know, I touched the top of my tongue with the top of my mouth, and I felt like I was smashing my head. Mm. And that's I'm never using my head again. But playing strong safety, and uh, you know, I coached a little youth football that you know some of the young men that I've coached in the past before I got into the radio thing. 
played college ball and what have you. One that she made to the league. Um, but, um, you know, again, I played strong safety, was a physical. If, if I could take you back a little bit, I was kind of a Ronnie Lott, you know, um, Alvin Walton, Kenny Easley style. You know, more not, I'm not going to play you much in coverage, but I'm going to probably, you know, creep up to the box <laughs> and, you know, try to make some hits. But, yeah, I mean, um, mm-hmm. some days I still feel it now, man. These old knees. I never. I'm, all right, my mother ain't let me play football. I played baseball my whole life, and I played tried to play basketball. I made teams, but when we played football in the street, yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna pay for some memory loss when I'm like 50. I know it's coming because there are days today I walk in the kitchen, I'm like, I came in here for something, and that's probably one of the football plays I'm paying for. All right, real quick, this is Brent Reader, Downright Sports. We're here right now with my man. Kevin Pryor of the 950 Lounge. We're going to come right back in the next segment. Um, we're going to talk more. He's going to... We're going to go into the NBA. My man's a Knicks fan like me. We suffered. All we do is suffer. We are into... I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Check your body, body. And cop a couple of these. She's a hottie, hottie. Insert the party rhyme Fire Dr. Berserk Bacardi Lime We're passing it takes to shake your Calvin Climber For the floor gets moist, case and follow mine Swallow nine, model dimes from Bahamas Slim doodle makers stuffed inside pajamas Here I am. 
So, um, let's get started. So, I'm here right now with head coach of Shaw University, Adrian Jones. Coach, how long have you coached there? Good, good. And you said earlier in a little, a little get to uh, get to know each other for a second. You started. You went to North Carolina Central. Yes, I went to North Carolina Central from '93 to '97. Okay. What uh, what position did you play there? Uh, played defensive back for uh, uh, for, uh, for legendary Larry Look. All right. Defensive back. So you were enjoying hitting people a lot. Uh, I ain't gonna say in hitting people. I like to cover and make plays, interceptions. Is what I was known for. Okay. Oh, all right. You're a little bit faster. <laughs> you, uh, yeah, I played cornerback position. Every cornerback when um, when I went to St. Paul's, it, it seemed like they didn't want to cover anybody. All they wanted to do was hit people. Well, you know, it had to do a little bit in our defense. And back then, in that time, you had to be a little bit of both. So I had to be a good tackler and I had to be a good cover guy. Okay. I feel like I'm just a. An old school baseball player. If you look at me, you would say he should have played football, but my mother never signed off, so I just played baseball my whole life. That's okay. Yeah. Did you ever? Um, and it's not a big deal. You ever get a shot to look at the pros? Oh, absolutely. You know, coming out, um, I worked out for every scout, every NFL scout there was. Me and a couple of other guys from North Carolina Central got a personal invite to North Carolina State back then, and. Uh, one team that was very interested in me was the New York Jets. Um, unfortunately, you know, uh, I didn't make it, but I did end up playing some arena football for, for for six years. Okay, you can't beat that. My buddy Lonnie uh, had a look at. Um, he played wide receiver at St. Paul's, and he got some looks for the Lions and the Giants and Green Bay. But he played arena football and made a nice little career out of it. As long as you keep playing, that's the dream, right? Yeah, that was that. That was the key, man. Um, I enjoyed that time playing uh, arena football, and I, I wouldn't change it for the world. Uh, I hear that. As uh, since you've been a coach, what type of philosophies or like game? Or like, are you a motivator? Are you a team builder? Like, what? Str- what do you think you see yourself as as a coach? Well, um, I, I take bits and pieces of. I've been around some great coaches, so I'm definitely a motivator. You know. Um, I try to motivate my team, and um, you know, and, and I'm what we call a big family guy. So uh, I always want my players, no matter what, even if they don't hang with each other, you know, outside of football. At the end of the day, when we step on the field, we're, we're one big family. I'm, I'm a, um, I've, I've been completely all about family, and that's just something that I always instill in. So motiv- I'm, I'm definitely a motivator, but I'm also stern. You know, I also, you know, uh, four o'clock. Practice means you need to be ready and um, ready to go at three fifty. It's one of those things. So um, uh, big on structure and just you know, uh, at the end of the day, what you want these guys to do is not just be a, a, a football player, but a student athlete. And when they leave here, you know, have something to go out in the real world to offer. I can kind of tell that only because I cheated a little bit and went on YouTube and I found a game you guys played. Um, was it Bowie? I think you played. And you were lead. The coach gave you such a big compliment because he was saying you're doing such a good job of building that program back up. For because I guess it had some down years before you got there. Yeah, it was a couple down years, and, uh, and you know it's been a process, man. And we just worked so hard to get it back to where it is. And you know, I credit to my coaching staff and 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 the, and the players, man. They have bought into the system and 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 it's made life a lot easier now. 
so much in football that that's important is buying into the system, buying into the coach, believing in the coach. I think that's what separates good from bad and um, organized from disorganized. Absolutely. Now, being that you're you're an HBCU alum, you coach at an HBCU, what are challenges that you see just with recruiting? Like, is it easy for you to recruit? Like, because I know, um, or is it like tough because you, especially in North Carolina, you got the the traditional, as you would say, white schools to compete against, and they got their 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 flair and all that, and you got to try to combat that. Is there? Is, do you see challenges, or you don't even pay that any mind? Well, um, when I first got here, it was a challenge. If you know a little bit about Charlotte, just kind of give you a little rundown. We don't have a home football field. Our home football field was uh, Durham County Stadium when I first got here, and years before that. And then uh, last year was our first time playing at St. Augustine's College. And so that that's our rival school. So, you know, um, but, you know, uh, some reasons why we're there is a lot closer to, to our, you know, our campus, and so that helps out. But and when I first got here, it was hard because, you know, at, when I got here, they were losing, you know, so we don't have all the bells and whistles. But two or three years after they saw the program keep going up, it has, it has started to flip. Like the school that we were losing kids to, Winston's, the Catawba's, the Feather States of the world, now we're winning those kids. And, and like, once again, it's credit to my coaching staff. Like these parents come in, they have a thought of what Shaw University looks like, but when they leave, they like coach. This is a place I want my son to be, not only because you care about the kids, but they see the family, they, they see the, how how tight-knit this coaching staff is and want our kids to be successful. Yeah, it goes back to what you said earlier about the family thing. I think some of the best coaches I've ever played for, they, they give you that, or even people I've worked for, when you have that family feel, you, you want to come in every day. You know what I mean? The worst people I've ever either played for or worked for they just, you know, they put you on the pay no mind list and they only kind of pay attention, you know, they pay attention to the, the top 1%. And it seems like from what you're saying, you pay attention to everybody on the staff, on the team. Like nobody gets left out. Every, every single one of them. I love, I love my best player on the team just as much as I love the person that probably is not going to play much. You know, and at the end of the day, football has, football made me who I am today. And, you know, Coach Little, hats off to him for making a, a uh, 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 I ain't gonna say a bad uh, uh, young man, but a young man that didn't really know what he wanted in life, and he helped me, you know, get to where I need to get to. And that's my duties as a coach: make sure that each and every one of these guys that step on this campus that I help them out. Yeah, I relate to that a little, uh, a little bit. When um, when I finished school, I wanted to coach because I couldn't play no more. Because when I played baseball at St. Paul's, it showed me, oh, I'm not as good as I thought I was. <laughs> Even though I started every day, I just realized there's no future outside of this. So I looked into coaching, but it wasn't until I got with, um, I call him my mentor, Marcus Gregory, who humbled me and made me realize, like, it's okay not to know everything. It's okay to trust your staff. It's okay to be wrong at times. And it was just... It was. It just changed my whole perspective on life and just looking at things, especially from a coaching standpoint. Yes, absolutely. Um, to kind of wrap it up a little bit, one, how, has Corona, I know it's affected your season right now. Is next year going to be okay? Like, will you be able to bring guys back? Have you had that discussion yet? Do you know? 
Yeah, um, well, um, you know, it's interesting that you asked that. I know a lot of coaches said the corona is affecting us. I don't. I think that the program that we have right now and the structure that we have at Shaw University, uh, it hasn't affected us at all. Like our guys in the weight rooms, you know, we had to shut down the weight rooms, but those guys figured out ways to get bigger, faster, and stronger. You know? Okay. And hat goes off to you know us putting that stuff together. You know, a lot of kids went home when the corona hit and didn't do absolutely anything. Our guys was FaceTiming us and didn't send us videos of them working out. They know what it takes to be a champion, and they know that we're right on the cusp of being CIAA champions, and they got something to prove. So uh, it, it hasn't hurt us. You know, it, it's hurt us in the way that I miss playing football, but it has helped me be a better father. You know, it has helped me be a better husband. It's helped me be a better son to my family. You know, a lot of these times I didn't get to spend time with those folks, and now I get to spend time with them. You know, and, and, and it's, it, I'm taking advantage of it. But, um, I don't think it's it's effective, as you know, but we, we will be ready in the spring to go. And um, uh, the great thing is that uh, uh, our guys will get to come back and play in the fall as well. That's awesome. I've, I've heard that a lot from a lot of people. Like, being at home has really strengthened a lot of people's relationship, whether it's friends or family. I know with me, because I just moved in with my girlfriend, and I know it's made us stronger because we we got time to learn about each other because we couldn't go anywhere for a few months. So I know that's been really – so that that's very important. Uh, Coach, I must say thank you uh, for for doing this interview. Go, I know I went to St. Paul's, but as of now and as long as you coach there, Shaw will be my favorite school going forward. So we're definitely rooting for you, Shaw. It's going to be the official school of this show. And, um, uh, you know, I really appreciate it. And I, uh, that's, that's, I don't have any more questions. I think you answered everything. I appreciate it, Brent, man. Um, but thanks for having me on, and um, good luck. No problem, and I'll eat. I'll... Astros, where up till now they've played almost every sport in the world except tennis. And tonight it's tennis. Not Wimbledon variety, not Forest Hills variety, but in this panoramic scene, a happening. A wild scene almost reminiscent of college football with the celebrities present, with the big band here, with dancing cheerleaders and all of the rest. All right, we're back, um, back everybody. And uh, right now in this segment, you're going to hear four different interviews by people I had to, the, the privilege of interviewing. It was truly, it was, it was awesome. It really was. I, I couldn't ask for a better experience. And I really appreciate all these people. They are for, I am forever grateful to all of them. Uh, we now have the official quote unquote PR and sports PR uh, uh, director person. I don't know what the, I guess PR <laughs> per, uh, 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 person relation. No public relations. Excuse me. Let's try this again. We, <laughs> we, um, we have the, uh, forget it. Let's just scrap it. So the first person we, I interviewed was uh, J uh, JQ's, uh, excuse me, uh, Jeanette Adams of, Q, uh, JQ Sports PR, uh, and I you can check it. She'll tell you where you can check it or her stuff as we air the interview right now. So, without any hesitation, here it is the interview. 
All right, this is Brent Reed, and I'm here with, once again, JQ. Yes, sir. JQ, and uh, we're here at the Hoops and Hip Hop Summit. Uh, JQ just got finished being on the first panel, an excellent panel, by the way, for a few seconds, though. I'm going to once again let her reintroduce herself and what she does, and I just have two questions to ask her, and we're going to go from there, all right? JQ, what do you do again? Yes, I am a sports PR consultant that work with athletes and sport brands with their branding and the marketing. Now, the one cool thing I heard up there is that you did hoop once before. Yes, I did. And yes. I'm going to just take a shot in the dark. Were you a point guard or a center? I was a point guard. You know, I was handing the rock. I figured you know? that. I figured that. <laughs> I was delegating to put people in the right spots, right? <laughs> Making the move. But you also took your shot when the moment was exactly, there. Exactly, exactly. Now, you, you spoke on the, um, the name, image, and likeness thing for athletes, which I personally have always said I don't see how colleges could just cash in mm -hmm. on so much and athletes don't get anything. The only concern I've always had is who should someone, not the colleges, mm -hmm. but like these young kids that get so much money, should someone or should it be like a firm or are there firms that can help teach them manage their money? Because if you gave me at 18, $20,000, I'm blowing that in two mm -hmm. hours, just quite frankly. Mm -hmm. Now, I know there are some college programs that have programs in-house that educate these athletes, athletes with financial literacy. But if they choose not to, there are firms out there that will assist these athletes because I think it's so important, like I said out there, to build a team. These young kids shouldn't be handling that large, large amount of money by themselves. So whether that's a financial advisor, an agent, a manager, whoever you feel that you can trust with your money needs to be a part of that team because no matter how young they are, they need to make sure they have the right people in place to handle that type of money. Absolutely. I, I think Because you, you see it in anything, whether it's a child actor, hip-hop, whatever, they get the money and it's gone, or people take the money from them. Mm -hmm. Now, the last only other question I would have is, going forward, because you can see the chaos of starting, yes. coaches are bickering between Ooh, each other. Yes. Are we? <laughs> could we see a situation, because if you have someone like you, mm -hmm. who probably started, and mm -hmm. then someone like me, who enjoyed riding the bench, could that create um, like uh, uh, issues on a team in the pros, it's understood. There's mm -hmm. LeBron, there's everybody else. Mm -hmm. But in college, it's all like we're supposed to be a team. Do you see an issue with that, or is that more of the coach's job to keep everybody in check? So let me say this: it was an issue before the NIL. This is true. You had players complain about not getting playing time, and you had players that was okay riding the bench. I think it's just an excuse uh, why the NIL why. Uh, athletes shouldn't benefit from the NIL. But yes, I do think the coaches need to step in so they can understand or explain to their players the importance of, like, this is your role. You got to know your role, right? Mm -hmm. On a, being PYP, on the team. Play your right. part. <laughs> play your part. Play your role. So if you're a starter, this is what comes with, with you being a starter. If you're a bench warmer, that's your that you know that's that's what your role is. Towel waivers right, too. to congratulate your team members. But again, I'm not coming from the 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 perspective of nil money, nil money, nil money. You might have a bench warmer that might be a hell of a um, artist, you know, that can sing, that can write, that can design clothes. So you know, it's just not all about who's you know the star quarterback or the star point guard. It's just understanding the balance. That makes more sense because the, the idea, and not to put it out there, but we understand why they don't really want so many athletes to start getting paid because who it would mm -hmm. change so many things. So they use money versus using knowledge why this is important. Mm -hmm. oh, that's why we're here to yep. learn something today. <laughs> well, JQ, thank you for thank being you. part of the show. You are now officially 
uh, uh, part of Downray Sports Forever, and I appreciate it. All right, it. thank you, And we guys. will definitely put your Instagram out there when I edit this later. Okay. All right, thank you. You're welcome. You have Bye. a good one. All right, so I really uh, thank you to her again, and uh, that, again, that was pretty awesome, I have to admit. It was uh, my third interview up until that moment, so you can't beat that. Um, killing time is actually what I'm doing, guys. Was trying to pull something up. All right, so again, uh, check out her Instagram at JQ Sports PR. That is JQ Sports PR, and go to her Instagram. Uh, her followers and subscribers are a lot bigger than mine. So, uh, the next person uh, that we had a chance to interview is uh, was a tennis player at um, North Carolina Central, uh, Hannah Gaines, and I will allow her to tell her story. All right, y'all are good. All right. Hey, this is Brent Reed, Don Ray Sports. We're back with another interview. And I'll say it just in case she forgets, Valid Victorian of North Carolina Central. Uh, former tennis phenom, superstar. Uh, you you can describe it how you are, but tell the world who you are. Okay. Hi, I'm Hannah Gaines. I'm from Kernersville, North Carolina, and I was the women's tennis captain for the 21-22 season. Um, I graduated with my degree in biology. I started playing tennis when I was seven, so it's been a 14-year journey, but it was a good one, so I'm happy to see it end the way it did. For uh, athletes such as yourself playing college sports and making, is it balance and especially getting your degree being valid for tournament, so that means your GPA was a lot better than my 2.5. Uh, <laughs> talk about how important it is to balance schoolwork and trying to be a top, because being a college athlete is huge. Yeah. Now. You can say it just came to you naturally, or you can say, like, you sweated and you, like, every uh, final you crammed crazy. Oh, no, it was definitely blood, sweat, and tears. But the biggest thing that helped me do what I did was time management and also realizing without having good grades, I could not even play my sport. So you have to stay eligible, and it's like, why not be excellent at everything you do? I'm going to finish up on this because you said something. The time management, I think even as somebody who's 36, time management is huge. Could you speak on, like, just how to balance that? And did you have, like, charts? Are you a sticky note person? Or, like, how do you manage playing school yeah. and then having friends yeah okay so that's one thing when people think i'm valedictorian they think oh you must have not had a social life you must have been on the court you must have just been in the classroom and it's like no so one way i kept myself really organized um was having a planner and just knowing my weight schedule practice schedule and finding little breaks in between that to do my schoolwork and like one golden rule i had was to get all my homework done before i went out so i wasn't worried about it no stress, stress-free, but all the stuff I needed to do was done before I had fun. Excellent. Was your plan, uh, like, did you have to have a pretty one? Because Allie always makes sure she buys one every year. It has to be pretty. Yes, it had to be cute. Okay. So I used it. My plan is, I'll get that green <laughs> See, thing See, if you get a cute one, then you'll want to use it. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you again. Uh, your name one more time? Hannah Gaines. Hannah Gaines. Uh, uh, Valid Victorian, North Carolina. Uh, State University, uh, no, Central yes. University. Yeah, a lot of schools in North Carolina to yes. keep up with. All right, we'll be back with another interview. We'll talk to you guys later. Thank you, Hannah. That was pretty cool. Uh, think uh, So Allie and me were on the way back, and she posed a question to me. She was like, why did you ask her about her planner? You won't ask guys about their planner. And I, the reason behind it was mainly because I think it was important that if you, no matter who you are in any form or fashion, 
you can play sports. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So if you, you know, you're a girl and, you know, you're a girly girl, but you're not insecure about playing sports because it's still kind of has a weird stigma on it. And, you know, you just want to, you know, be yourself. Hey, you can play sports, dominate and be yourself. And, and I would say, oh, OK, I understand that. So I think that's pretty much what I was uh, going for. Not trying to like sing her all out or anything because like she's a girl. But um, the the biggest takeaway I was taking away, but I took away from our conversation was, you know, the balancing sports, because it's I think for athletes, it's important to hear like as well as your performance on the field your performance in the classroom matters just as much, if not more. And, you know, the fact she was able to finish top of her class while playing sports, you know, that's huge. And how basically balance, you know, you know, quarterbacking out her time to where everything fit in. So, you know, that's my two cents. Any case, next person up. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to let him introduce himself. I'm not even going to say nothing. Here we go. All right, we're back. You know who I am. But we're going to tell you right now, top wide receiver at North Carolina Central. Uh, what was the no- jersey number again? Number six. Number six. But he's number one to everybody else. Go ahead and tell everybody who you are. My name is Trey Pratt, number six at uh, North Carolina Central University. You already know Hollywood Pratt. That's what they call me. <laughs> B-O-N-K, chain gleaming already. Y'all know what time it is. Season going to be great this year. Talk about, real quick, uh, your preparation, because a, a receiver is huge. Like, some people like to downplay and say you guys are divas and stuff like that. Yeah. But if you can't run the route, you can't get out there, you can't make the catch, no matter how good the quarterback is, correct? Yeah, that's right. And it's like, I'm going to be honest with y'all, like, everybody think every other position hard. Nah, receiver really hard, because we got to catch, we got to run. We got to be able to get away from every defender. That means big, small, coming down at you, safety, everything. Sometimes you get double teamed, you don't know how to get through it, but you'll be able to do it if you really like that, like me, you feel me? <laughs> now, with the, the opportunity with the name, image, and likeness and stuff like that, how impactful could that be for you, somebody as yourself? Especially, you already got a, a, a name, you know what I'm saying? Oh, with the Hollywood and all that stuff like that, yeah. something you can transition and turn it into something, getting the knowledge and making something for yourself? Yeah, to be honest, the Hollywood situation, I'm going to tell you all about that one. My coach was the one that really gave it to me, like, last year because he had walked up to me and was like, I'm going to just start calling you Hollywood. I asked him why, but he ain't really tell me. Then he told me one day he was like, he had a guy on his team that was, like, the best person on the team, so he called him Hollywood, and he stuck, it stuck to him. So I guess that's why my name stuck. But I, mean, I don't really be tripping about all that or really had a big head. I just go out there and play ball and call it a day. Have fun with it, right? Yeah. That's what sure. it's all about. All right, well, we're going to be looking for you, and you're officially the wide receiver of Downray Sports. Thanks, man. Yeah, it, it this guy star written on him. <laughs> and, you know, I hope him. I really, I don't. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna try to watch closely, but I hope he gets some look. You know what I'm saying? I hope somebody is watching and is like, "Oh, that kid can ball out," and he made it all four years, and I think that's important. So I'm gonna pay attention to him, and he is the official wide receiver of Downray Sports. So that I, I really have fun. All right, this last young man is about to start uh, college, and um, I thought it was so awesome because he came up to me. I was actually getting ready to leave. Uh, Funny enough story, uh, we were... We got there on time. We got there, and you know, I, I really thought it was awesome. I thought, and I was like, I'm a little tuckered out because I worked the night before, and uh, 
this young man just walked up. I was packing up, and he was like, "Hey, um, I hear you do a podcast." And I was like, "He was like, can I get an interview?" And I was like, "Sure." <laughs> I'm, the, I'm nobody to turn down interviews, you know what I'm saying? So I I really had fun uh, interviewing this young man, and uh, his name is Joshua Tyler, and he was amazing to talk to. Uh, super super polite, super nice, and yeah, I'm gonna let you hear it right now. All right, the notorious one, Brent Reed, back at it again. And right now, we talked to a tennis player. We talked to an entrepreneur. We talked to a star football player. Now we're talking to a freshman basketball player, a point guard, if you will, somebody you don't either set you up or going to take you off and take you to the basket. We're talking to Joshua right now. But, Joshua, tell everybody who you are, what you do, and where you get ready to go play. What's up, y'all? I'm Joshua Tyler. Um, I'll be a freshman at Lincoln Trail College in Robinson, Illinois. That's coming up here, uh, going there in August. So, now Joshua, you're going to get ready to go. You're transitioning from going out of high school, going into college ball. How important is it to continue playing a game? Obviously, you love and like to play. Uh, it's very important. I mean, basketball is everything to me. Uh, I've been playing since I can remember. Really, had a ball in my hand since I was a kid. So, it's real important. I'm just glad that uh, and blessed that I get to play at the next level. Which uh, player in the NBA, if you're, because not everybody's like this. Some people's like, look, I'm my inspiration. But what player do you watch today on TV or in, co- or in the pros or in college that you would say, mm, that's a guy I like to mirror my game after, or that's somebody I see myself in? Um, I'd probably either say CJ McCollum or Kyrie Irving. You know, they both smooth, you know what I'm saying? They don't, well, Kyrie dribble a lot, but they both smooth, you know what I'm saying? They just get to their spots, they can score. You know, they just all around good basketball players. So I like to uh, try and model my game after them, be versatile, things like that. A lot of JUCO players, they start there, but they want to go to maybe a a, 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 full, a bigger school or something. Do you have ideas or plans of a bigger school you want to go to? Or, hey, I could bust up a JUCO and then just maybe take my game to uh, either overseas or even to the NBA. Yeah, um, I'm, I just want to keep developing, keep moving on to the next level. Um, so wherever wherever the game take me, um, I definitely want to play professionally. But you know, whatever my journey is, I'll embrace it and just keep going with it. That's I think that you summed it up. Like you didn't say like yeah, I, no. You were like, look, I'm gonna keep playing, see how long the game keeps taking me while you're in school. Because I think this is important. Uh, what majors are you are taking right now? Uh, I want to uh, major in communications and broadcasting. Uh, I really, anything sports, anything basketball, I, I'm interested in. So I just want to keep keep myself uh, invested in the game and keep going. That's what's up. That's what. That's how you do it. If you can't play anymore like me, you talk about it all the time. That's what I do. All right, Joshua, tell, thank you so much. Uh, we will be watching you and looking for you because now you're the point guard of Downray Sports. Cool? Thank Thanks, you. man. Appreciate it. wrestling champion. He defeated Dusty Rhodes this past Thursday night in Kansas City. My pleasure to introduce the new NWA wrestling champion, Rick Flair. Congratulations. Thank you very much. You know, I'm a little embarrassed. I have to stand back there in the control room holding the most coveted trophy in all of professional wrestling. You know it. I know it. There's a wrestling fan in the world that doesn't know it. The biggest gold of them all while you stand out here presenting Tommy Rich, a plaque and a trophy, you could get a cup of coffee for it on top.
DJ Chase. New York City. I'ma make a dance. When I throw them bands, I'ma make a dance. When I throw them bands, I'ma make a dance. When I throw them bands, yeah, she gon' throw it back. She gon' she gon' throw it back.